3: Represented by Ram, it's Combine Week, baby! (laughs) Hip Swivel! Drill. All of that, all of that. Let's little ski go. drill, all of that. What's man? your Let's favorite go. Uh, little nuance of the combine?
4: Uh, the running back change of direction drill. Get to the bag, boom, have to make a decision at the last minute. I like the cutting. I like all of that, man. What do, I do you like, Palmer?
5: I like the bench press because that's the one thing that we can get really close to as media <laughs> yeah. members. Yeah. And I like how guys are always pulling for other guys. When they start getting close to something and that whole room starts erupting, that's, that's, that's a fun and environment. And I have it the bench
3: press cam. High stress for these young guys. Yeah. It's very exciting. Super Bowl champion Michael Robinson is here. James Palmer here all week and it is Combine Week. We have you covered every second, every angle, all of the experts. 2022 NFL Scouting Combine presented by Verizon. Round the clock coverage on NFL Network starting tomorrow. Live coverage at 4 p.m. on Thursday, Friday and Saturday, 2 p.m. on Sunday. Let's go out to India. We're sitting here. Comfortably in our New York studio, Peter Schrager, again, probably up by himself, but smiling from his favorite place, you sick pup, go!
6: I love it here. It's just me and a conference center and the crew here from NFL <laughs> Network. But I'll tell you, okay, yesterday it was buzzing. You saw all the news that was going to come out. We're going to tackle it today. There's going to be more today. There are a ton of coaches and GMs who will be speaking to the media in the next few hours. Kevin Stefanski will speak. We want to hear from him. Matt LaFleur will speak. We want to hear from him. How about some new coaches? Dennis Allen, New Orleans Saints. Kevin O'Connell, the Minnesota Vikings. And then we'll also hear from the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. They will have their media availability too. It is our first attempt to meet these young men. If you remember two years, Ago, Joe Burrow was asked about his hand size for about 30 minutes on one of these podiums. I don't think anyone was talking about that when he was leading his team past Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. But we start to get to know these guys. Today at the combine, and then throughout the afternoon, we will hear from a lot of coaches and GMs. And I will tell you, if my voice is my voice is a little hoarse. Last night was lit here in Indy. It was out. I mean, everyone was out. It was what? an event last night. People were out and about. I will give you my little page six. Matt Lafleur okay, with okay. now rival coach Kevin O'Connell sitting together at dinner. Ooh. I saw, I saw the Eagles brass was out. He's they were dining the together. They were coming up with a plan. Nathaniel Hackett from the Broncos saw him in the same room as John Lynch and Adam Peters from the 49ers. 99ers, no discussions. I was wondering to see if Jimmy G was going to be discussed. Nothing. None of that interaction. But that's what happens. Everyone's in the same rooms, in the same hallways. Hopefully, quoting Hamilton, uh, we can be in the room where it happens and we can get all the news to you guys.
3: <laughs> yes. I love it. Who was the life of the party, Shriggs?
6: The life of the party, as always, is Ian Rappaport. He was out and about. I saw the man. He was holding court. and yeah. uh, I'll tell you, Ian, if, yeah. if, Ian, if, <laughs> yeah. if Ian's voice is better <laughs> than mine today, really I'll be impressed. Wow.
3: wow. The call-out wow. early morning. Morning from Shraig's and all. Yeah, Schraig, are ben you Dumois? Yeah. Shrage or the voice of Dumois, I think. We've we've figured it out.
6: Yes. Eyes and ears, okay? <laughs> all
3: right, Peter. We'll talk to you in a bit It's time for the lead block.
7: Lead block. They're yelling in my
3: ear about it. Michael Officer goes, Ian Rappaport, hell no. (laughs) All right, Tom Brady's quote-unquote retirement, question mark. Obviously leaving a big hole at the QB spot in Tampa Bay. Bucks GM Jason Light and head coach Bruce Arians both spoke yesterday about life after Brady. Jason Light, in fact, did that on our show first. But let's take a listen to what they have to say a little bit later in the day. Does it sound like it's over, over?
7: Tom is a special player, special person. We've had a great two years here. Right now, we're, you know, trying to make our plans to move forward if that's the case that we need to move forward on. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we still have to get. There's a lot of time here, well, a couple weeks before free agency starts. you got the draft. you got post-draft. We've added players after the draft in the past. Some significant impact players after the draft and after free agency. So um, we'll see what the future holds. uh, Let's just say we'll leave the light on. Is
8: there hope? Honestly, is the light on? Is there hope?
7: We always leave the light on for a guy like Tom Brady.
9: We addressed it last year. You know, we drafted Kyle Trask, number two, for a reason. Fits everything that we want to do as a, as a quarterback. And really, really liked what I saw for a year. So I doubt drafting is an option. For all the other guys, it's gonna be a trade. You don't trade by yourself, you gotta have a partner. So that could be out of the question. Have
5: you guys closed the door on Tom coming back? Is that so? Oh, that
9: door's never closed. Whenever Tom wants to back, he's back.
3: I'm so intrigued by this. Is it like a they're not over Tom Brady relationship thing? Like they're not, it's like when you break up with somebody and you're still like holding out hope that it happens, the lights on, the doors open for Tom Brady. What is the best option, James Palmer, for the Buccaneers who don't seem to have a plan or at least they are not telling us what it is?
5: True. Before we get to that, real quick, I thought it was very telling from Bruce Arians and Jason Light that if Tom Brady wants to be traded to go play somewhere else, they are not letting that happen. And Bruce Arians, I believe, said five ones if they want want us to trade Tom Brady. Five ones was was what B.A. had to say. So let's look at what their options are. I, I know everybody says... And Jason Light thinks this. They have a better roster now than they did two seasons ago when it was that core group of players that, you know, was the group that lured Tom Brady Mm -hmm. in and was sold Tom Brady on Tampa Bay. They believe this group's better and could do the same thing for another player like, say, Russell Wilson. I just don't think that's the best option. Russ's cap hit is $37 million. They're about $2 million worth of space right now. Still haven't signed their draft picks. Mm -hmm. And they have a ton of other players they need to take care of. But let's start with the guy who I think might be their best realistic option. You heard B.A. talk about him. Kyle Trask. Let's talk about the quarterback they picked last year okay. out of Florida. Let's not forget this kid was fourth in the Heisman voting, set the Florida single-season passing record with over 4,200 yards, and had led the AFBS with 43 touchdowns his last so what year. What you saying? James. I'm saying Charles, that that guy? they really like. Kyle Trask, because A, he sat in a room, and I know we all love Tom Brady, and this is why it's so hard to break up with him, okay? He sat in a room with Tom Brady for an entire year. They love the growth and the knowledge that he gained in that system. Osmosis. We know all of the quarterback-friendly coaches on that staff he spent a year with, from Tom Moore to Clyde Christensen to Byron Lefwich to Bruce Arians. They like the growth, and long before these guys spoke, I was told that they like Kyle Trask much more than these quarterbacks in this draft. Hmm. So draft is out of the question. And you heard B.A. mention the trade. I think you also look at he might be the best option, Mike, to keep the team together. All of these free agents, Carlton Davis, Ryan Jensen, maybe the best center in football. You lost Ali Marpet to retirement. You might have to bring Alex Kappa back. You still have a backfield uh, uh, full of question marks. You might be able to sign some of these guys if you go with the salary at the quarterback okay. position with there Kyle Trask, go. which helps them as an overall team. He's not the best quarterback. Now obviously. you're making some sense
4: I'm to me. We should have started with that, should with the business part. But James, because, I tried to close strong. Yeah, as you were talking about this, Chef's you were, kiss. yeah, Kyle Trask, I'm sitting there like James. And What is going on? Are really? you really saying, <laughs> what are you saying about Kyle Trask? I mean, look, Oh, God. It, to me, the best-case scenario for the Buccaneers is if Tom Brady decides to come back. I mean, really, I think they should beg Tom Brady to come back. He had his best season, almost his best season as mm-hmm. a pro, and that's hard to say, and he played in mm-hmm. 22, 23 years. Uh, threw for over 5,000 yards, 43 touchdowns, only five or six interceptions. He was awesome, and they they encountered some injuries across the offensive line. You know, Ryan Jist and Alice Kappa, all of those guys, and he was still able to uplift everybody around him. Yes, I do think the roster is better now mm-hmm. uh, than it was before Tom Brady got there, but it's only better because of Tom Brady, in my opinion. Tom Brady brought out the best in all of the guys around him. And to your point, James, I, I do think the salary of Kyle Trask will make it easier to sign every everybody else on that team, but... Who's the unquestioned leader of that team? See, when when Brady was there, you had guys like Sue, Levante, David, those guys kind of say, you know what? Tom Brady's here. Let me go ahead and play my role. Let me go ahead and and, and get in my, my, my role on this team the way it's supposed to be. Now, without Tom Brady there, where's the leadership? especially offensively. I know you have Mike Evans and all those guys, but where's the general? And you need a guy like that, at, at, you know, at the quarterback position. I think the Bucs are going to be in trouble if they got to go with Kyle Trask. Maybe bring in some type of a, you know, a, a, a veteran that doesn't cost as much. You hear B.A. talking about Blaine Gabbert, which, oh, I ain't going to get started on that. But... Um, <laughs>
3: But a veteran's going to cost more than trash, to cost right? yeah, I just more
4: thought we were talking about realistic options.
3: Okay, so <laughs> That's so what I thought we were talking were saying about. The, I didn't know we were doing microphones so behind the, the sky the dra- and Tom Brady comes out of retirement. gonna go back is an to the same un-
5: team. He yes! Both, okay. both of you okay. smoking to use I'm your I'm trying to be realistic. What is happening? Yeah.
3: Um, okay, so let's just let's break this down before we throw it to Shrigs. You're saying no draft, that's not an option. I think Brady coming back, probably not an option. A veteran stopgap sounds cute, sounds nice, but I think it'll sort of take away their... Ability to bring back guys. Kyle Trask is your best option available. I think. I really I think
4: do. Kyle Trask is the best. Option. I don't
3: like. I don't love it. But we're talking financially. I hope people's not, Please, not going love going with it either. Yeah, but yeah, i not mentioning a, going the, the with a younger options. quarterback. You have then the ability to have your Godwin, your Mike Evans, who you two. Oh, watch. I didn't even mention Chris Godwin. Godwin. Yeah. For net I I on the team all of like, those guys and you you know you tell me tell me that with all those skill positions and all those people that they can bring back that they can't contend in that division
4: they the would they would be able That's to the contend but at, but at the, at the end of the day I mean just think about it like this offense was just starting to evolve to the next level of having Tom Brady you know again on, on this team and starting to evolve to, to the next level now you're gonna have a rookie quarterback there's calls that Byron Leftwich just can't make. Yeah, he knows the play, but there's going to be calls he can't make. This offense is going to be hamstrung to a degree because of the quarterback, because the yes. quarterback doesn't have that institutional knowledge but the sil-
3: the silver lining, though, of Brady going away and Allie Marpet retiring is mm-hmm. they do have the cap room to bring back some of those other guys, and it's a division I think they can actually run away with. Schrags, what do you make of all of this?
6: I think that the uh, the approach to this is every day Jason Light should be texting Tom Brady and being like, "Dude, we miss you. We love you. It, we're well. That is, they've got to put every yeah, bit of their play. energy into getting Brady back because this team right now is is built to be around Brady. I, Kyle Trask might be fine down the road, but they're not winning a Super Bowl with Kyle Trask and. What's the point if you're not winning a Super Bowl when you've got a veteran locker room? It's not just Tom Brady who's who's there. It's You're talking about Mike Evans, a veteran. You're talking about Levante David, a veteran. You're talking about veteran players. Not this team in a rebuild mode. So there are those second tier free agents that are possible at quarterback that might be able to win the division, but are you winning a Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater next year? I don't know. Are you winning a Super Bowl with Blaine Gabbert next year? I don't know. What was interesting, and James sort of hit on it, Arians was like, surly a little bit about things. Like We would never trade him. We would never let him, we would never get him out of the division, we would never, and then he said, you know, why do you think Brady keeps talking to us, because players sometimes like to hear their names out in the media, like Arians yesterday was on one, and I thought, I think to a piece of this, it's like, alright, we need to sit down, Jason and Bruce, and be like, if Brady's ever going to come back here, we need to make a concerted effort to put our arms down and just say, hey, Tom, not only is the light on, the red carpet is rolled out, and we were coming back from 24 points and almost beat the Rams. And who knows if we don't you know, lose that game, if we win it all again, maybe we run it back for just one more time. I think you got to put all your eggs in Brady's basket and then deal with. All right, we'll figure out our quarterback spot, but because I don't think they're going out for a big name like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers at this ju- at this point mm-hmm. in the the juncture. No,
3: that that was certainly hamstring them and make it interesting. We'll see. Maybe they should be talking in Tex and Gisele too. Yeah. And everybody, because it seems to be a this is a like lot. a really
5: bad breakup. Yeah. This is like what Kay was saying. This this is like you lost
4: the, the but beautiful old Tom prom Brady point.
3: comes to town, changes the face of your franchise, wins you a Super Bowl, and he asks for a trade, and you're going to say no. I don't know if I believe that.
4: I wouldn't let him go. Uh, I know. Why would you let the greatest I, I wouldn't I let think him go either. And then Tra- Tra- after Tra- I there EA has to be something, that. <laughs>
5: I understand
3: what they're doing and saying, but if Tom Brady comes Can't to and says, you? I really like the situation here, I, I don't know that they're out of respect for the greatest quarterback of all time who won you a ring in your one year there, that you're going to. To prevent that, I think that would be messy.
6: Still a business. I hear it. No, it's still a business, but, Kay, there's a lot to that because Bruce Arians is talking tough, but if Tom says, hey, guys, my dream is to play in San Francisco or wherever it's where I grew up, like, do me a solid. You know, you guys didn't go to the playoffs for nine years. We went to the playoffs twice and won a Super Bowl. Can, can you do me a solid as yeah. Tom Brady, as I did you a solid? Are they really going to have the stones to look at him and say, I no, so. I don't know. We'll see. The
3: 2021 season is over before we move on to the offseason. season. Aren't we in the off season? Let's take a look back at some areas where I don't know where teams performed well last year. It's called 2021 report cards, division by division. We hit the AFC North. You guys hit the AFC West West. in the beginning of the week, and now we are looking at the AFC East. So, James, start us off with the Patriots.
5: All right, we're going to start off with the Patriots here, Kay. And I'm going to tell you that after going seven and nine, Bill Belichick and really Robert Kraft has never had back-to-back losing seasons. How do you prevent that? Well, you go 10 and seven, and what you do is you get an A in business. I'm talking about taking to the streets, Wall Streets, Gordon Gecko, Jordan <laughs> Belfer. That's what Bill Belichick went and did. He was making deals all over the place in a time where everybody was wondering what they were going to do in free agency. The cap has shrunk. Because of a pandemic, what is happening? Bill Belichick went out, and he spent. And he went out Mm. and found names. He got Hunter Henry. And you go and look at Matthew Judon and Jalen Mills and Nelson Aguilar and Kyle Van Noy comes back and Jonu Smith. And the list goes on and on about what they did. They make a move for Trent Brown. And then he goes out and he's making those backdoor deals. He goes down to Tuscaloosa Uh for the Mac Jones Pro Day, where I was at as well. And I just (laughs) catch out of the corner of my eye because it usually happens every Alabama Pro Day. Bill Belichick. And Nick Saban sneak off into Nick Saban's office. Is that right. Uh pretty much yeah. the two of them. Mm-hmm. And that's where the truth is told from <laughs> Nick Saban to Bill Belichick about his prospects. Very interesting enough that he goes and get Mac Jones, the highest offensive player drafted it in felt. the history of Bill Belichick as the head coach in New England at 15th overall. He always gets also gets Christian Barrymore out of Alabama, Mike there was a very interesting discussion down there that probably happened that said max should probably be your guy and what happens mid-december they were the number one seed in the afc Now, it fell apart a little bit at the end, so I'm going to talk about this like a Colts fan
4: (laughs) and say, mid-December, things are rolling pretty good after those business decisions. A in business. I'm going to go to the team that's dominated this division over the last couple of years. Oh my, here he
5: goes. Bills
4: Mafia stand-up, baby! You know, I got to show my Bills Mafia some love. Bills did a lot of great things this season, but one of the classes I'd give them an A in would definitely be agriculture, because they have some home-grown talent, like that big strong-armed quarterback who I think... Think is the top arm talent in the National... F- there you go! There you go, Josh Allen! throwing that ball! There he is! People didn't think that he was going to be this good in the National Football League, but guess what? The Bills did. You also have Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox. Let me talk about some other people. Shredavious White, homegrown. Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Gregory Rousseau. All of this homegrown talent that they've developed, so they've drafted well, and then, you know, embodied in Josh Allen's contract, they paid their homegrown talent as well. So uh, my Buffalo Bills, they get an A in agriculture, K. Man, Bills, Mafia Stand all the way up.
3: Ah, and I love no cantaloupe mm-hmm. reference with agriculture and Josh Allen and all, but I'm loving it. I honestly want them to win a Super Bowl so bad for you exclusively. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about <laughs> the Jets. Unless Not you- the best season, but it wasn't for lack of creativity. They were very Ferris bueller lots, okay. lots of tricks. Lots of things in their pocket. So I'm going to give them an A in design. Let me show you okay. what I mean. to like take this. a dur- journey down trick play. Let's go to week eight and kick it here. The mic. <laughs> White game. Jets just scored to take a one-point lead over the Bengals. They decide to go for two. Ah, Crowder! I but mean, Mike White is. gets the snap. He hands it to Elijah Moore. Jameson Crowder. It's incredible. What do you guys think of this? A it's like a silly special yes, style. It is. It
5: Maybe doubles. they'll get a statue outside the stadium. Nobody else can. got one for that.
3: All right, Week Nine, Thursday Night Football. This is against your Colts, James Palmer. Yeah. Shield your eyes. Josh Johnson ah. gets the snap. He finds a Crowder. Sends it back. Michael Carter. That. Nice first down there. I met Michael Carter at the Super Bowl. Thought he was incredible. Cannot wait to see him do his thing again this year. He was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, okay, week 15 against the Dolphins. Anyone remember this? Second quarter, Zach Wilson takes the snap. Braxton Berrios. What does he do? He tosses it back to Wilson. Make sure what does he back. do? Uh-oh. Ah! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Avoids the pressure. Okay. Look
4: Who does he that. find?
3: Ryan Griffin, this is a good design, right, Emma?
4: <laughs> it was a good design, I guess. <laughs> Went like they planned for it. To the A's in design. Sometimes you just yeah, gotta make it that. work. Get yeah, some, get some
3: hot blue, put it together, and turn <laughs> it in before that deadline. All right, same game. few minutes later, let's go. Wilson takes a snap. What does he do? I mean, cra- Crowder's so good, M-Rob. He's goodness, a fixture of all this. And throwing it. I'm trying to find oh, these
4: really exciting takeaways for good, the Kay, Jets. You get an A for God. your effort. And and, and trying to say all these glowing things about a team that wasn't great last year. So good job by you. I really appreciate
3: that. Let's talk to Peter Schrager. Uh, You can't knock the Jets' creativity. Which team is left, my friend?
6: I'm gonna take the Miami Dolphins K, and I'm gonna give them an A in geography. And geography, not because of where Miami is, it's a lovely place in South Florida, but for being able to locate Jalen Waddell all over the field. This team's offense wasn't exactly gonna blow you over when it comes to X's and O's, but Jalen Waddle broke the rookie record for receptions in a season. Anquan Bolden had the record for many years, and Jalen Waddell had 104 catches. And an offense, quite frankly, that was not a lighted-up offense. It was basically Tua, find Jalen Waddle, and then that's our offense. That's what it was last year. All uh, due respect to Gasecki and some of the other guys who made plays, this was the Jalen Waddle offense in 2021. The question and the challenge is going to be for 2022, and Mike McDaniel, the new head coach, will be most likely drawing up the offense as well. Him and Frank Smith, who comes over from the Chargers. Hey, how do we get more out of Waddle, and how else can we use him? I just thought Jalen Waddle, who was a uh, top 10 pick, not only hit expectations, he exceeded them. And I think Tua and him are all going to be better in year number two of Waddle's career. So geography, no matter where he was on the field, they found a way to get him the rock, and that usually was their best option on offense. Jalen Waddle, can't wait for year two.
3: It's well said, Peter Schrager. John Lynch joining you in a little bit.
6: He is. He is. We have oh, lots to talk
3: about. Incredible.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to
1: Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe.
6: Welcome back to Good Morning Football here in Indianapolis. This uh, gentleman needs no real introduction. He is the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. He is a pro football Hall of Famer, and he is a uh, dear friend of Good Morning Football. John Lynch, welcome to the show.
9: Peter, it's great to be with you, man.
6: It is. It is. Uh, Interesting offseason for the 49ers. Let's just get right into it. Um, There was a report yesterday from our Ian Rapp report that Jimmy G needs some work on his shoulder. Might not be able to throw for another 16 weeks. I don't know how that affects your look at the roster, how your treatment of Jimmy G, and maybe potentially his trade value, but what was your reaction when you knew that? And did you know that already going into this offseason?
9: No, we didn't know it. I don't think Jimmy knew it. You know, I think he's made a decision here in the last couple of days. Um, You know, he had an injury in that Dallas game. You know, he was dealing with a couple of things. His thumb, you know, which... My goodness, uh, my admiration What's it, the
6: avulsion? Avulsion
9: fracture Chris Chris, Paul has that, he's gone for Six to eight weeks, and Jimmy, what he did, throwing a football and leading us through this playoff run, uh, was just tremendous and did it with a couple of injuries, the shoulder, you know, I never like saying minor when someone's having surgery, but it's a capsule issue in the back of his shoulder that you can try to rehab but if it doesn't get well with the rehab, then you go to the alternative route, and that's what they've decided to do, so it's going to take some time, but he's going to be fine and we're so fond of Jimmy and and um, that situation's active it's fluid you know you're here a lot of teams have interest in him you know it's pretty obvious you know we, we put a lot into Trey Lance and we're loving the development of Trey you know Trey had an outstanding first year and a lot of people say how can you say that you know he barely played sure. but the development was was tremendous I think Kyle did a great job of finding ways to develop without playing a ton of football you know on Sundays and you know I think the fact that he got some action and got to go get a taste of it was great and i I loved watching him get better in those games. Sure. And, and, and those are games yeah.
6: against the Cardinals, the Texans, but he did see the field.
9: yeah, and you saw positives from that. Absolutely. You know, I tell people he's everything we thought he was when we traded a lot to go get him, and, and more. You know, I really believe that. And so there's a, a ton of excitement. Of course, there's some unknown. There always is in this game. But Trey is made of the right stuff, both talent-wise and in his spirit, who he is, the intangibles. Guys like playing for him. Guys like being around him. And and we're certainly excited to see what he can do.
6: I'm reluctant to compare him to any other players, but you know, I remember when Alex Smith was the quarterback in Kansas City. I would hear from guys on uh, the Chiefs being like, Alex is amazing, but holy cow, Mahomes is doing things in practice. <laughs> you know, we talk, and I talk to Kyle. Like, I, don't, I wasn't hearing that from Trey Lance, and that, it's not every team's different. Did you see things, glimpses? We were like, there is some special stuff to Trey Lance that we didn't see yeah. watching those games.
9: Yeah, you know, some of that video somehow got got out there it's on, on the internet. It. I mean, he, he, he definitely had his wow moments, and, you know, that you could see the development, the confidence, you know, you know, you're on scout teams. Oftentimes you're asked, Hey, go ahead, throw this ball in there. Yeah. But then he would, and it, it, it actually it'd still works. get in there. Yeah. You know, I think he attacked it the right way. You know, I keep talk- talking about his mental capabilities. He can handle a lot. I, th- I, th- I think he's just got that makeup that the great ones do. We can only hope he can be Patrick Mahomes or anything close to that. You know, he's going to get his chance to go show that.
6: The emotional intelligence is there too. On the way out, you know, the last game, he said that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of his best friends. I thought that was an incredible press conference that Trey gave their relationship. Did Jimmy groom Trey for this next? Like, What was that like this year watching yeah. it from
9: You know, I used the word admiration earlier right, for his toughness on the field, but also his class off the field. Jimmy, I'm saying, you know, I think things were made better because we had open communication throughout the whole time. And we were very upfront with Jimmy with what we were doing and why we were doing it. But I think it just speaks to the person Jimmy is, how he was raised, probably Midwest values. <laughs> uh, he accepted Trey and he said, hey man, let's go attack this thing. We're trying to win a Super and, you know, to not just be okay with the guy being in a room, but actually helping the kid That's at great. times and taking pride in Trey's development as well. And, and look, we're all competing for your job at this level and... Um But Jimmy did it with a a tremendous amount of class, and we'll forever be grateful for him for that.
6: It was such a cool run, and I know it didn't end the way you
9: guys wanted. And
6: we can go over that game, whatever. But, like, take us to your seat in Lambeau. And Packers fans, you can turn it off at this point. Take us to your seat (laughs) in Lambeau, that victory and how the team came together and just hung in there, hung in there, hung in there, and then found a way. And what you saw from the core group that's in that building right now.
9: Yeah, you know, I said this at the end of the year. I think a couple things can be true, that uh, we fell short of where we wanted to be, which was winning a championship, and uh, the Rams took it. They they did a tremendous job, and so you give them credit. But... You know i'm watching these clips at green bay i can't tell you how proud i am of our guys we were three and five at one point of this season and things were not looking good and our instead of uh pointing fingers or infighting everyone rallied together i think kyle did a tremendous job of leading our group we started playing the football we were capable of and and it took us all the way to the championship game and you know unfortunately we're gonna have to live with that for a lifetime of one that got away because you know we were up 17 7 and i think we're built to close so that one sticks with you, and that's why you pay really good attention when you're here listening to these kids at the Combine, because you're trying to add to what we have, which is already a really strong group. And so I think uh, our future is bright, both here in the near future, and I think we, we have a team that is uh, set up for sustainable success as well. So uh, I like where we're at. we got to find a way to get better.
6: In a little bit, Mike McDaniel is going to get to the podium, speaking as a head coach of the Miami Dolphins. You guys lost several coaches off the coaching staff. I know a lot of times we look at the roster and which players are free agents, but gosh, there's a lot of turnover with your coaching staff, too. How are you and Kyle handling that and filling those roles?
9: Yeah, and, and you know, Kyle's had a unique deal and then a lot of these guys have been with him for a long, long time. I mean, going way back to Washington or Houston right. even, you know, with some of these guys. So, you know, that's something you have to be prepared for. Uh, you always have succession plans. You know, the only challenge with Kyle, he's not much of a networker. <laughs> Kyle focuses oh, yeah. on his job, but a lot of people want to coach for Kyle Shanahan. And so uh, we'll fill him. We're grateful to the coaches who've been here. We're so excited for a Mike McDaniel and uh, the guys that went with him. But we're excited about the you know, to, add, to be able to add an Anthony Lynn and That's his cool. experience. I love and, that A-Lynn's with yeah, you guys. So it's awesome. We'll be all right. And uh, we're putting together a great staff. And uh, we'll come back with a vengeance, ready to do this thing.
6: Not to give you a schedule or anything, but as far as the next few days, do you expect activity at the quarterback position? Or do you think this is one of those that we're going to be talking about this for a couple more weeks?
9: I, I, I don't know about activity in terms of things actually happening but certainly there has been discussion and uh, I'm sure there will continue to be we'll always listen to things you know we've got a great situation there at the quarterback position in terms of our depth right now but when you make that big of an investment in someone you tend to want to use them and so I think that's where we're at you know very grateful for everything that Jimmy's brought in. and if he's back with us let's let's, let's go, let's go let's at it again it
6: yeah, yeah. Uh, I appreciate your candor this yeah. is you know I know there's a lot of coaches and GMs who'd come out here and do coach speak and GM speak you're open- put in honest and i always appreciate
9: it the yeah, truth shall set you free right yeah, I, know. I know
6: as he says that with the Ash I, I appreciate your faith uh yeah let's go john lynch thanks so much uh on behalf of all of us and enjoy doing this with all the media guys thanks rick right. yeah
8: all right i'm will salva good morning football rolls right along on this wednesday morning and since we're talking combine this week Dak Prescott, remember back in 2016, had received a grade of 5.9 as he was projected to be an average backup. Well, he certainly has exceeded those expectations as a fourth-round pick for the Cowboys. Head coach Mike McCarthy saying Prescott had a cleanup surgery on his non-throwing shoulder and is rehabbing it, but added they have no concern at all about Dak's health. That's what I was trying to say. All right, Kyler Murray's future in Arizona. In question lately, especially after his agent sent out a lengthy statement last Friday. I'm still reading through it, as a matter of fact. The Cardinals will have a decision to make whether to pick up Murray's fifth-year option or sign him to a long-term deal. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury saying Tuesday he wants his QB back.
7: I think all of our long-term... Term goal here is to have Kyler be our, our quarterback, and he understands that, and he understands my view of him and, and how I feel about him. And once again, I'm going to refer it back to the business side of things, and that's not something that I, I deal with, but it's all part of the business right now and, and things that we're continuing to work through.
8: Now, when GM Steve Kime was asked about that one-page statement sent on behalf of Kyler Murray, he said, Quote, I think it's an agent doing his job, but Kime did add that he has not spoken to Murray's camp in a few yeah. days, but mm-hmm. there has always been current dialogue. Hmm. I love your... Okay. Everybody has different
5: <laughs> definitions of current, current
3: dialogue. <laughs> Will's face is saying a lot. of Whatever that is. That. It doesn't sound like they're any closer to any kind of deal after that. I don't feel a lot better. I'm sure the Cardinals want to get the deal done. I think they need some things to happen here. James, what do you think?
5: I'll start with the facts first that came out of yesterday with both Cliff Kingsbury and General Manager Steve Kime both speaking. One, it was a firm statement from Steve Kime saying he doesn't think there'll be any repercussions if they don't sign Kyler Murray to a long-term deal. He also said, I don't think he will hold out if we don't sign him to a long-term deal. It was in the beginning of this week, M. Rob, that we were saying, mm, statement's out. Ball's in your court, Cardinals. Yeah. To me, that's like, hey, ball's back in your court, Kyler, because we don't think you're going to hold out. And it should be. And that's an interesting aspect of it. And then Cliff Kingsbury. Further in his press conference said that they're in a great place, him and Kyler Murray. They talk often, but also he has not spoken to him since the (laughs) statement came out.
3: That doesn't ring.
5: No, I know if I speak to somebody very, very often and I have a great relationship with them, if something of this magnitude comes out, I'm probably calling them immediately. Wow, that's a, a hell of a statement there. Want to talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> so that part's kind of interesting to me. The other part that I think we need to make sure we follow and they follow in Arizona is that things do not get personal. And I think Steve Kime addressing that publicly hopefully keeps it in that manner, M-Rob, because remember, he dealt with DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. who was his own representation. And there was a firm stance in that negotiation to make sure that things didn't get personal between D-Hop and Steve Kime in that negotiation. And he used that as a direct example. So I think, he is following suit, saying that is an agent's job to go out and do that. Let's try to negotiate this. But I think we're all steering towards they all think he's their long-term quarterback.
4: Yeah, and he has the physical gifts and the tools to be the long-term quarterback. But I think uh, Steve Kime and and the Arizona Brass, they were watching our show. They trying to bluff him out, stall him out, Debo. like I said before. (laughs) Call his bluff. You gonna sit out? Okay, let's see it. We're not paying you this year. And at the end of the day, Collar, I need to see more out of you. You need to be, more. your body language which needs to be better yeah. when things are going wrong in a game. At the end of the day, you want to be the franchise quarterback. Be better, okay? Yeah. You're talking about your play on the field. You're Again, I, I say it again, great player, but playing the quarterback position is part public relations. You have to be able to hang out with everybody and you have to be able to elevate guys around you. I just don't necessarily see that.
3: Arizona needs to see a sign as do I, as do Cardinal fans, that he gets it, that he gets mm-hmm. that there's work to be done because this is you're not going to get broken off like a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, and you have not taken your team there, when your leadership is being called into question, I don't know whether that's Mm -hmm. personal or not, there has to be some sort of acknowledgement in my head from Kyler saying, I have some work to do.
4: And what about betting on yourself? I floundered down
3: the stretch the past two seasons. What
4: about betting on yourself, man? Like, okay, they ain't going to pay you right now. Do the the, um, Kirk Cousins thing. Okay, then I'm going to be very expensive going forward.
2: Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com/slash
1: concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe.
3: I'm going to go off script here. I think our next guest is truly one of the most beloved players in the National Football yep. League. A true honor to welcome in a 16th year NFL veteran, the oldest uh, offensive lineman to ever win a Super Bowl ring and the winner of this year's Walter Payton. Yes. Year The award for everything he does in the community, on and off the field, in and out of the locker room. Ladies and gentlemen, please <laughs> welcome to the show, Rams offensive lineman, Super Bowl Ooh, champion, Whitt- Andrew Whitworth. Welcome.
7: That sounds pretty good, Kay.
2: (laughs) And
3: you should be reveling and living in it day in, day out. I hope you're dreaming about that confetti at SoFi in your backyard. You have had such an incredible career, one of the longest NFL careers. uh, And it wasn't until a few weeks ago that you added that Super Bowl champion to the front of your introductions on various talk shows. So how does it feel a little bit removed from that big win?
7: It's amazing. I think every day you kind of sit back and think of everything that went into it, the season, this year, and then obviously in my career, just all the year of just uh, signing up for one more year and saying, I'm going to chase it one more time. And uh, to be there and to get that moment and enjoy it has uh, been something so special to me and my family and, and all the people who have been a part of my journey to this point.
4: Well, Whit, I can't lie, man. It was special to see you finally get the horsed up that Lombardi trophy, man. You you also took home the coveted Walter Payton Man of the Year Award at NFL Honors. Just talk to us about how much that award meant to you to receive that honor.
7: Yeah, it's unbelievable. You stand up there on a stage with, uh, you know, a lot of other men that have done some amazing things for this league. And and I looked at those other 31 nominees, and it's just so humbling to stand up there and realize how special that moment is and how many awesome things our athletes are doing. You look across the NFL, it's, it's really cool to realize where our league is, where our game is, just with the guys representing on and off the football field and the things we do for our community. And then look at the people who've won it in the past and what they've been able to do. Uh, it's just something that makes you feel really special because you, you realize that uh, we, we really do play a special game and have some really special people that are playing in it. And, and it was an honor and something that I'll never forget that moment to have that opportunity to stand up in front of my peers and, and really just uh, talk a little bit about about what, what drives me and, and really what makes the award important to me.
3: I want to talk about the parade, because I always ask players, like, what's the best part of the experiences at the game, the confetti, all of that? And a lot of them do say it's getting on those buses, a couple of sleepless nights removed, and feeling like a superhero going through the streets of the town or the city that you play in. You had an interesting fashion choice, by the way. You had that up. the picture. I think somebody threw you a t-shirt, Cooper <laughs> Cup, in high school. You put it on. It was awesome, and it said Super Bowl MVP. Take me to the parade and give me the highlights and your, maybe your favorite moment that you'll take away from you from what an epic day. I
7: think really just having the opportunity to be on uh, on top of that bus and look down over the crowds and, and how special it was to, to really just the city and to everyone there. Just that energy and that appreciation was just unbelievable. And then to look really at your teammates' faces. I mean, I, I kind of spent a little time just looking around the bus and watching an AD or a Robert Woods or, or Matthew Stafford and Coop and even Coach McVay, just looking out over the crowd and really just uh, what a moment that is and what an opportunity it is to reflect really in that time of your season and what you've put in to be where you're standing and just really relish, wow, just to, to go out on top and to go out victorious. I think it's something that you just you think about and you, you hope that you know what that feeling's like one day, but to actually experience it has been unbelievable.
4: Great job from you. But you you mentioned, you you talked about the parade. You talked about Aaron Donald. Dude, he was shirtless. I've never seen Aaron Donald like that before, having a great time. Just talk to us about, like, what was your thoughts about Aaron Donald kind of letting it loose as a world (laughs) champ?
7: (laughs) You know, he was actually my pick for the first player to go shirtless. So, uh, you know, I I think that uh, AB is one of those guys. (laughs) that does nothing but grind and work. And for him to have that moment, he was one of the people to me, it was almost like I I had a hard time not just watching him because it was like all the work this guy puts in and and everything he's done to put us on the map year in, and year out as a great football Mm -hmm. team. To watch him have that moment and enjoy it like that uh, was so special, and I couldn't be more proud for him and happy for him. But let me tell you something. He was in the weight room the next day getting after it. I've already seen wow. him at the facility. Wow! This guy doesn't stop. I mean, he's he's unbelievable.
3: Not surprised by that. He's taking shirts off. You're putting extra shirts on. It's all a balance. What a, what a team equilibrium you guys have out there with the Rams. Uh, know your role. I don't think it's a, I was – yeah, know your role. There you go. I love the Bengals. Love Joe Burrow. I know that you do too. So I want to ask you about your relationship with him. You bonded with him while he was in California rehabbing last year. Have you spoken to him since the Super Bowl loss? And what what was that conversation like, if yes?
7: Yeah, I just uh, kind of reached out to him and just shared some thoughts. I know what it, what my experience was like in 2018, losing a Super Bowl and mm-hmm. all the things you got to look back and be proud of, of your season and what it took to get there and and also, I mean, he's a young guy. He's got a long career ahead of him, and, and I got a hard time believing he's not going to play in a couple more of those. Uh, what a special player he is, and it was cool. It was cool to just to have that moment with him after the game, and then also to, to touch base a couple of days later. And he kind of just said, man, I couldn't be more happy for you to have this at the end of your career. And, and then also, you know, just that I hope this is the opportunity to put you in the Hall of Fame. And so, you know, I, I think it was just a good moment for us to share, and, and I can't wait to catch up some more with him in person. And. Look forward to those days because uh, he's somebody I can't wait to watch going forward. He's going to be an unbelievable representation for this football league. I mean, he's he's a heck of a quarterback, heck of a person. Uh, He's easy to follow, that's for sure.
5: Well, what we know, Joe's out there playing golf with a couple of Buckeyes in this offseason, O.H. Uh, You're out there at Catherine's softball games. (laughs) The celebration is over. We're into the offseason. Everybody's doing their thing. Is now a good time for you to tell us what your plans are? (laughs) Are you going to tell it or do you have some big Instagram post? Uh, Were you in the weight room with Aaron Donald the next day? What is your thoughts on your career and your future right now? Do you have any sort of decision in your head?
7: Uh, So, you know, it's one of those things. I think for me, it's uh, I'm staying active, working out, training myself, but I don't know yet. I still think that it's one of those. I'm close. It's in the next week or two. I'm going to decide what I'm going to do. I just want to make sure I get far enough away from the game and and uh, really make a decision that I think is what's best for me and my family. And here's the thing. No matter what, I'm going to be involved in football. Uh, I don't know what I'll be doing. I might be sitting by you one day. I might uh, might be sitting in a facility doing something else. Uh, We'll see what happens. Happens. And uh, I'll be involved in football. Football's my passion. I love this game. I love the NFL and I can't wait to be a part of it in one way or another. Don't worry. I'm not going
5: anywhere.
3: I'll take my you, job, man. I'm asked, sitting next to James right now. You here. asked a pressing question, <laughs> James. You asked a question he didn't want. Now he's going to come for your job. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Listen, we got an empty spot at the table for one more individual. Oh. Nobody has to lose their job. That's we true. can just take that spot That's right, right there true. And, and teach us a it's thing
3: or
7: fellowship. Two. Unless you take
3: your shirt off. Come home. on, just pull it up. <laughs> Everybody's
7: not. welcome. It's, it's a fellowship. It
3: man. certainly is. Andrew Whitworth, we could not be happier for you. It is a, a storybook and or chapter not ending to whatever you decide to do next and thank you for always being such a motivating and inspiring example on and off the field you're the best
7: yeah thank y'all so much have a great night
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better